You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And after our Terminator franchise review, Matt and I want to take a little easy break. So I decided that, uh, well I didn't decide, we decided. We're a team here. That we're uh, (laughs) selecting random tapes. So I threw the dart at the big old stack of tapes I got and we hit, I can't believe it Matt, Another Linda Hamilton film, Dante's Peak. It turns day into night. Air into fire. Nothing in the world can compare to its power. The most awesome sight you will ever see may be your last. In the town of Dante's Peak, a volcano is turning nature into a nightmare. Come on! Pierce Brosnan. Linda Hamilton. Oh my God. Dante's peak. The pressure is building. That's right. We just keep Linda going um, from last week here. Uh, yeah, Dante's peak, 1997. You know, the the I guess Victor. In the Dante's Peak versus Volcano, uh, 1997 Volcano movie battle. Yeah, because Volcano came out two months, I think, after this. Well, this one wins in terms of timing then, and I think in terms of like quality. Because I've seen Dante's Peak like a hundred times, and I've seen Volcano like twice. So <laughs> you're, you're telling me Tommy Lee Jones and Pierce Brosnan going head to head? You're going with Pierce? Going with Pierce in this one. In this case, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't really. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stirring the pot. I just want Pierce Brosnan and Tommy Lee Jones to come at you. I've already got enough washed up actors coming after me. (laughs) Yeah, well, Pierce Brosnan's probably a little bit more washed up. Sorry, Pierce. Still like you, though. Just haven't seen you in anything. Well, no. No, he's still working. He's still working, yeah, because we saw him in the musical that you played. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, too, folks. Believe it or not, get some drinks in you, get some whatever, whatever you want, a little weed, watch it in a group. It's actually a good time. You're probably going to have to wait a while to watch it in a group, but you know what I mean. Yeah, as soon as you can get together with friends, uh, the first thing I recommend you do is watch Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how much laughter and fun that was. So what is your history with Dante's Peak? Did you watch this a lot as a kid? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say a lot, but I, I'd seen it. 
when it first came out on video. I never, I didn't see this one at theaters. I had seen it when it first came out on video. I had seen it when it like played on whatever HBO or whatever it was on. Uh, I watched it then. And then I guess my like funny story of seeing this movie. So I went to, I went to Catholic school for uh nine years of my life which is why i'm so fucked up today uh one for music class uh one one i don't know it was during a time when the teacher was on like vacation so he dropped off a tape of jesus christ superstar for us to watch in music class you know in our religious class but that's what he wrote on the tape it was like a blank tape and what the tape ended up being was just Dante's peak so in music class because the old nuns didn't know how to work the VCR we just ended up watching Dante's peak for like three days in uh, music class so <laughs> that is my connection with this movie uh, that I'll never forget I mean how could you not I, how, I mean wow just a bunch of seventh and eighth graders sitting around thinking they were gonna watch Jesus Christ Superstar and then this fucking movie starts. And of course we're all seventh and eighth graders, so we love it. We're like, don't turn it off. It's Dante's Peak. <laughs> yeah, we wanna know if Pierce and Linda are gonna kiss. I mean yeah. there's so much tension between these two. I mean, well, you guys just get it over with, but they never can. <laughs> there's nothing sexier than sitting in a coffee shop by a wall by a volcano that's about to explode. Exactly. I do remember there being like a little bit of like a panic in the classroom though when the uh, couple went skinny dipping and the scene when they get blown up from the bottom. You're gonna love this. Come on in, it's great. Is it really warm? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's really hot. <laughs> I think that's why they call it Torrance Ed Hot Springs. <laughs> so is this great or what? Mmm, sure beats the hell out of LA. Yes, it does. Mm. Well, maybe we should move here. I don't think so. I've done nuts in a week. Yeah. It's nothing. It's some animal must have scared me. Jerry? How was that? I remember there being a lot of uh, teachers just freaking out during that part because they're like, are we going to see a titty in class? <laughs> <laughs> Is there booby in this? Uh, I'm surprised there wasn't a, a male butt. They seem to stick those things in in like skinny dipping scenes. Yeah, in PG-13s you can get away with that, so I'm really surprised there wasn't a little booty action. But uh, nope, the nuns were okay. We were fine. We were good to continue watching The Peak. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? This was one that I didn't catch until after the disaster movie Wave. I probably caught this in like 99, 2000, something like that. It was definitely a few years after. Uh, I think I saw this second to Volcano. And I remember always talking about this with people. They're like, Hollywood, they're just putting out movies that are exactly the same. Deep Impact, Armageddon, Dante's Peak, Volcano dot 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 that's all we had <laughs> uh, i think also during the disaster movie craze we also got like two rain movies because i remember there was the um daylight wasn't there a bunch of rain in that and then mm -hmm. there's hard rain which mm -hmm. i've talked Christians about later mm -hmm. yeah and i really like hard rain for a 90s fun disaster movie even though i'm sure both those movies sucked to record because anytime you're constantly wet and cold filming. Everybody's for, miserable. Oh, everyone's miserable. <laughs> but uh, I don't remember Daylight at all. Do you? I never saw that. I don't think. 
Yeah. Sorry, Sly. That one I missed. I saw Hard Rain when that came out, but uh, not in theaters on video or whatever. Uh, but I did not see Daylight. No, I missed that one. Yeah, well, I mean, there were so many disaster films. It was ridiculous. You know, what, Armageddon, Twister, which is, you know, an alum here on this show that we freaking love. Yeah. Uh, I remember Outbreak. Hmm. Let's see. I would even throw Backdraft in that one a little bit, too. Yeah, that's a disaster. Yeah, I would I, I would count that, even though that's kind of looser. Yeah, I mean, I still count Independence Day. That's an alien disaster. It, disaster films in the 90s, you know, they kind of had... We had natural disaster and kind of, you know... Supernatural alien, disaster. Supernatural <laughs> yeah. disaster. Anything that was... I mean, we just didn't... That was the bad guy at the time. It was right. just like... Nature. Or, or, or forces of nature or aliens coming out. We had to fight something because we just didn't have the bad guys. We've talked about it so many times on this show... That the 90s got, even though a lot of the 90s became neutered because we were in a panic of what our kids weren't and were allowed to watch. Even though in the 80s, you know, it was more like, ah, kids are fine. Give them some guns. Let them do whatever. Just you make sure they go to dare because we've got to keep <laughs> them off drugs. <laughs> the 90s got neutered. But I tell you one thing, we had no shortage of holy shit. Everything's coming to get us. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I I, th- I want to say maybe Backdraft kicked in the first door, but, like, there was almost, like, a new wave of them that came with Twister. And I feel like this is a direct result of Twister, specifically. Yeah, and I bet this movie suffered because it was such a just, like, someone just broke a dam and we had a flood of disaster films. Yes, that came through and they came through so hard so fast that it was kind of hard to keep up and even if it was good like i think dante's peak has a lot of good in it it just kind of got overshadowed by so much you know it was kind of like caught in its own like a volcano fog you know like you got in this like so much ash is falling on you you can't see everything you gotta wait a few years and then you're like oh look at that sitting there in the little pile there little dante's peak not bad not bad and it's got quite a cult falling now it's true i agree i agree with that sentiment 100 percent. i really do think it did kind of get buried uh when it came out not so much that it wasn't successful because i feel like it was semi-successful people knew it people saw it but like it just it didn't really break through i feel like until years later where people were like oh wait this is pretty solid <laughs> yeah if you look at the box office like tell you the one movie before we get to renting this, if you would have saw it in the February of 97, one of the big problems was Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Special Edition came out in the theater. Ouch. Same week? Same weekend? Uh, same month. Um, oh, same time. I think, I think it was a week before. Nice. So. Well, I saw that one in theaters. Did yep. not see this one in theaters. <laughs> yes, it was. Ooh, yeah. Came out. Oh, my. Is this the same weekend? No. No, no, no. It was the weekend before. Yeah. So, uh, the Star Wars Episode Four. a new... Wait a minute. This is not right. February 21st, Star Wars came out. Looks like two weeks afterwards. But the weekend before, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. Did they do that in the new episodes? Did they release them all the same year? Or am I reading yeah. this wrong? Yeah, 97, they all came out. Okay, so that's how that worked. Yeah, so that's rough. Because then you get everyone coming for the week before Star Wars. And then, you know, not all families go back-to-back weeks. 
So then if they went back to the theater, it would probably be, you know, somewhere three, four weeks down the line. And they probably just saw episode five. And you're like, ah, that's rough. Plus, I think, um, no, that's pretty much, I think, what stole everything from them. But they, did it do well, like in terms of just in general? Like it didn't maybe blow up, but did it do all right? 178 off a budget of 116. So I'm sure with the marketing, it may have made a little bit, but mostly broke even. So, you know, that's never a success for any right. production company. Right. You want to make a ton of money. Yeah. So. so, yeah, that's interesting. And one thing I do wonder is, was Pierce Brosnan the right guy to lead this to make a lot of money? Like, I could see Linda Hamilton coming off T2, you know, five years before. I could see her being part of it, but uh, I know he was James Bond at the time, so maybe he was hot. Maybe if this just wasn't in such a... Maybe if the landscape wasn't so just cluttered with the disaster movies, this would have done better. But I don't know. He had only done James Bond once. I mean, I know he was already a star. I mean, he was Remington Steele. He you know, was in a bunch of other movies, Mrs. Doubtfire and stuff like that. But like, uh, he was only James Bond once. I don't know if he was necessarily ready to top line a movie for you know, the general audiences yet. He was ready in my mind. I think he's great in this movie, but uh, I don't think, uh, I don't know if audiences were ready yet. They needed those other three James Bond movies to solidify him as a top liner. Yeah, you probably needed the second James Bond film. And then before you know it, you're like, oh yeah, you can top line. We're fine. Because even if he wasn't the best top line, American audiences would be comfortable with him. Mm -hmm. They feel like safe. They're like, I'm not going to waste my money. This is a Pierce Brosnan movie. (laughs) He's Um, he's James Bond. Yeah. I love that British spy. (laughs) Anyway, getting down this, if we went Friday night in the video store, pick this tape up, what do you think? Are you grabbing this? Yeah, I mean, the cover is kind of generic. It's just the floating heads of the 90s with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. But the a fiery explosion of a volcano in the background is probably enough to get me to pick this one up. Yeah, see, I just wouldn't have picked it up. There was so much coming out during this time period that I think it was really hard. Plus, you had to mix in your horror tapes and your wrestling tapes. So, I mean, what is a kid to do? You can't watch (laughs) all of this. Uh, 97, I wasn't into the wrestling yet, but we're getting there. One more year. <laughs> You're missing out, my friend. Wrestling is at is where it's at. While I uh, open my lacrosse, because <laughs> that's that's what all the cool wrestling fans are drinking. That's right. I'm such an adult now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, yes. Looking at the VHS tape, mine is we've got you know Pierce Brosnan, Linda Hamilton in red at the top, a Roger Donaldson film. Dante's Peak, all caps, powerful title. And we got Mr. Pierce and Linda looking with their floating heads in the explosion with the quote, whatever you do, don't look back. Dun, dun, dun. I would argue that's not a very good tagline. Um, You would almost need to see like kind of how the movie works in order to know that tagline. (laughs) Here's what interested me as a VHS nerd at the very bottom in red background, black font I see contains 15 minutes of exclusive behind-the-scenes footage. Hell yeah. Now, if I was someone renting this in the 90s, I probably wouldn't have cared that much. But <laughs> being the nerd I am today, I'm like, what? 
and uh, put that on our YouTube channel, and people love it. And it also had me realize, I don't know about you, but I did not realize the cult following behind this film until that. I had kind of heard, yeah, a lot of people do talk about this one now. I mean, I guess I haven't had it in like kind of written proof like YouTube, but like in people that I've talked to, I have not heard anybody say that this movie sucks. Everybody's like, yeah, that movie's awesome. <laughs> yes, I've, I've heard the, a lot of the same. They're like, oh man, that movie's so underrated. It's so awesome. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I did give it a shot. And I was like, there's a lot in this film I like a lot. So it kind of surprised me it got so covered up. But looking back, I get why. But uh, yeah, on the back, you want to read the description on this bad boy? Sure. So we've got four stars. Unforgettable. The impact is truly awesome. And a review from the New York Post. Without warning, day becomes night. Air turns to fire. The sol- and solid ground melts beneath white hot lava. From director Roger Donaldson comes an adrenaline-pumping adventure starring Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. Welcome to the town of Dante's Peak, where a long dormant volcano is about to erupt with devastating force. Who will survive when the inferno unleashes its fury? The answer will leave you breathless, and the special effects will blow you away. I can tell you what, these special effects are incredible. Oh, they hold up very well. Yeah, and if it wasn't for a little movie called Titanic and a few others... I'm sure this movie would have got nominated for best uh, visual effects, but sadly it, it couldn't compete because there were some heavy hitters in the 70th Academy Awards because <laughs> they had Titanic, The Lost World, Starship Troopers, and Men in Black. That's hard. That's a lot of good effects. <laughs> That's tough because I know you and I have problems with The Lost World. You're a little bit harsher on it than I am. But I still understand, like, it's nowhere near as good as the first. But man, they're dinosaurs. They somehow found a way to make the raptors even more fierce. My thoughts on the movie aside, I mean, the effects are still groundbreaking and incredible. So, <laughs> yeah, and we, everyone knows how we feel about Phil Tippett and Starship Troopers. It's just like, uh, awesome. Everything about it. I get why Titanic won, uh, you know, rewatching the special effects feature at that I did probably about six months ago. Sure, I don't really like to watch Titanic, but looking at what they did, I'm like, yeah, blew the roof off the house. It's insane. It is insane what they did. It's good work, yeah. Again, it's just like the movie itself isn't my thing, but like the work is good. Yeah, romance is for losers. (laughs) Sorry, Rose. We're We're only here for action movies like Dante's Peak. Or weird Jesus tapes. <laughs> no. Not, not Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Getting into the actual trailers on this. So let's pop this tape in. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. We get quite a bit. I'll let you talk about the trailers and then I'll talk about the featurette. Sounds good. Yeah. So the first trailer that's on here is the coming to theaters trailer. It's for... The Jackal with Bruce Willis um, and Richard Gere. I saw this movie once when it first came out, and I don't remember it at all. <laughs> this is the one where Bruce Willis was the bad guy, right? Yeah, he's like the assassin. Yeah. The only thing I really... Oh, man. I remember pulling up the actual characters in this film, because I don't know Jack Black's character's name. All I know is Jack Black gets his arm blown off by Bruce Willis in this. Oh, yeah. Nice. I don't even remember that. 
that's all I remember from the film because I'm pretty sure from what I've heard, Bruce Willis and Richard Gere hated each other. Like it was mm. a real problem on set. Surprise, surprise. Somebody doesn't get along with Bruce Willis. Yes, <laughs> I know. Uh, whatever. Because uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard Richard Gere would never work with Bruce Willis ever again. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, whatever. All right, so what else did we have on this? We've got like a sex comedy called The Last Time I Committed Suicide with uh, Thomas Jane and Keanu Reeves. I remember seeing this box and hearing this title when it came out, but I don't think I knew. I still don't think I know what this movie's about from that trailer. It just kind of looks like a sex comedy, but I, I doubt that with that title. That's all it's about. I've never seen it. And I would see it, though. I like Thomas Jane and Keanu Reeves, so I'll watch it. I like young Thomas Jane. Yeah. And that is that's like baby Thomas Jane in ninety seven. So yeah. yeah, I'd watch it. I tell you the time I watched the last uh, werewolf movie he was in that came out, I think last year. Yeah, you were t- you were telling me about was it like Hunter's Moon or something like that, or Blood Moon or Hunter's Blood or Blood Diamond? I don't know what's called. I don't know what <laughs> Blood Blood Diamond on the Hunter's Moon. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was just like sleepwalking through it, just like give me my paycheck. This movie's uninspiring. It's yeah, and I always feel bad for independent directors like that, where they're, you know, they're grabbing a star who is past his prime, you know, they're they're doing that, and you're like, maybe this star, I can get something out of him, and really, like, you know, get a film out there, and here's my vision, but you could tell in that one, he's just like, whatever, kid. Yeah, and it is a shame, because I really do think that is the case, you know, with a lot of, like, directors that I know, that I've worked with, you know stars past their prime or whatever like yeah they all the the heart is always in the right place like this is gonna be one where i'm gonna you know i'm gonna pull something out of them and i'm gonna you know really do something with them and it's gonna be great for both of us and like they just get let down because the star just wants to get a few drinks and a paycheck (laughs) like yeah yeah i could definitely say he's still in good shape though i mean i gotta give the the guy the guy looks good, and you could tell, like, if he could get something. I, I just don't think his name sells, and I think he kind of needs to accept that he needs to be a co-star. Yeah, and I think he'd do great, because yeah. I think he is still a good actor. It's just, you know, he just hasn't had anything he's been interested in in years. Oh, wow, I just caught that Adrian Brody's in this. Whew. I love Adrian Brody as a character actor. But he is he just, just such shows a weird. Up and stuff. <laughs> but he is just such a weird guy. I I bet he's hard to work with. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's he's so elusive. I have no idea. Hollywood couldn't stand him because they're like wanted him to be a leading man. But he's just like, no, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah, and I'll get kicked off SNL because I did something weird. <laughs> but he is weird. I there's so many stories of him just being weird, which is nice. fine. I Good, think weird. Yeah. It's not like he's doing anything bad. It's not like he's, you know, Bill Cosby and girls or anything. He's just a weirdo. He's just a weirdo, which is (laughs) fine. I love that. But, okay, what do we have number three? Commandments. I kept wanting to say commitment. Uh, Commandments with uh, Aiden Quinn and Courtney Cox uh, about a guy who's so having such bad luck that he thinks it is coming from uh, divine intervention. And so he decides that his goal in life is to break all of the commandments and all while falling in love with his best friend's wife courtney cox uh this looks kind of like a tv movie i don't know whatever not my thing uh yeah this looks like something i wouldn't even consider renting (laughs) 
<laughs> this looks like something my mom rented. Yeah, it just looks like a, like a gentle kind of like TV movie. No interest. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is kind of the weirdest one to have on this, I thought. But I guess it was probably a, a kind of a small event movie for Universal at this time. Uh, Mikhail's Navy. Only an event movie because it was based on a show, not because the movie was like a big thing or anything. But uh, yeah, Mikhail's Navy is on here. And I'm not going to lie. I fucking I love that movie. I yeah. It cracks me up. Yeah. It's super weird. I think it's a fun movie. <laughs> it's got Bruce Campbell in it. That's and Tim Curry. Yeah, I mean, it's Bruce Campbell, uh, Tim Curry, Rob Schneider's in it. Um, Tom Arnold's really funny in it. Who else is good in there? Oh, my God. Oh, David Allen Greer. I couldn't think of his name from In Living Color. David Allen Greer. Anytime David Allen Greer screams, it makes me laugh. So, yeah, it's a good cast, and it's a fun movie. I think that is one worth revisiting, guys, from the 90s. Mikhail's Navy. It's sitting dormant, and it's a pretty fun one. If I was directing a movie and I could get a role for David Allen Greer... In a second, I would put him in because, like, he's actually a dramatic act. <laughs> like, I wasn't he? Tra- he was trained at some like really hoity-toity place, and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Every time I catch him in something dramatic, I'm like, "Holy shit, you can really act!" Yeah, think about how good he is in like Tales from the Hood uh, when he's like the abusive stepfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that, and he's not funny at all in that movie. No, if anything, he's a nightmare. Yeah, he's terrifying (laughs) he's like beating a mom yeah (laughs) like like that's one of the worst things you could do (laughs) right and that's like in living color funny guy but yeah total dark role in there and yeah anytime i see him he's good i love david alger yeah and i always remember deborah oh what is her name from will and grace deborah messing messing yes i remember she was in it but this movie like even though i watched it a lot i only remember a few things and mostly it was tim curry just just going insane he's just like i know what i'm in give me the script whatever i got this (laughs) yeah i think that's that's one of the things i think i like about that movie is the fact that like everybody knew it was stupid everybody knew that everybody was gonna hate the movie before they even saw it so they just had fun with it they just went stupid wacky but I think it was one of these movies that you and I probably watched like Major Pain or something like that a shit ton of times because it was on syndication so much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it was on TV all the time. I watch I watch it whenever it was on. Yeah, that, that is definitely this one is the most odd trailer to be on Dante's Peak. Yes. So we were talking beforehand. This must have just been that like, hey, you know what? Kids are going to watch Dante's Peak. Kids are going to watch Mikhail's Navy put it on and honestly that worked because i haven't seen the other two movies in the middle there but i'd seen mikhail's navy so (laughs) and i'm the demographic this feature comes in before the movie very odd but i tell you what the behind the scenes uh i'll put a link on the description of this in podbean and geekscape the behind the scenes featurette of all the special effects that they did is incredible and after watching it I would suggest watching the film, then watching it. And you really get an understanding of how hard they worked. If this movie would have came out in 90, I'm just going to say a year, 93, it would have been in the Oscars for a nomination. It would have, well, no, 94 would have been Jurassic Park. So yes, 93. Oh no, 93 would have been T2. Fuck, you're fucked. 
No, 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 no. You're actually you're right on because ninety two would have ninety one to ninety two would be T two. So that ninety two to ninety three space is safe. Yes. So this right. is right where you want it to be. <laughs> well, and let's not even look what was in the, the, the those Oscars. Right. Don't let's not don't prove look. it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> facts. Uh. Uh-uh. This is right. Trump land, baby. Yeah. We said it's facts. That's how that goes. Yeah. Put if it would have been in ninety three, it would have won. No arguments. Don't prove me otherwise. <laughs> the virus is doing great. We're doing a wonderful job. And 1993's Oscar for visual effects would have been Dante's peak if it came out in 1992. Boom! Done. Facts. These are just facts, people. <laughs> uh, it was great, though, to see how much they did and how inventive they got. Because if you look, I forget what they were using, but the lava was basically like a mixture of plastic and some type of, I don't know. I'm going to just say styrofoam, even though that's not correct. But it's just cool because it looks so much like freaking lava. Yeah, all the effects in this hold up so well that like if, if you watch this on VHS, if you watch this on DVD, if you watch it on HDTV, if you watch it on tube TV, it doesn't matter. The effects look good. Everything about this, once the fire starts, basically, once everything goes to shit, this movie is just boom, boom, boom. Because even the the slower scenes where the grandma sacrifices herself for everyone is pretty incredible. Yeah, no, they've got it. Everything looks super, super cool. Like the effects, the set pieces, the, the production design, everything looks really cool once like the ash starts falling and the fires start. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, this, like a behind the scenes like this is is really cool to see. And like obviously why they included it on the tape because they wanted to be like show it off. <laughs> do it, do it. They did it. All right, let's get into this. Let's start breaking it down. And now our feature presentation. So it starts off with you know what? I don't even know his uh Harry Dalton is a volcanologist, which is kind of a really cool science name. I just I just yeah, really right? like that. Vulcanologist? What are you from Star Trek? You have Vulcan? That's at least where my brain goes because I'm a nerd. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, I just gonna say, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> okay, so now you're gonna bully me. <laughs> How everything is turned. How the tables have turned. Uh, so yeah, he uh, he's with a woman uh, who ends up dying while they're escaping a volcano exploding. You know, actually, that that death was kind of gruesome where, like, something smacks through the roof of the truck and then splits her head open. Yes, a fiery rock comes shooting out of a volcano, crashes through the ceiling of the car, and, like, splits her head. And then we see all of it. (laughs) Yeah, so I imagine, like, if the nuns, when you were watching this, they probably freaked out more the skinny dipping than the actual head getting smashed open can confirm from memory that is exactly how that went down (laughs) didn't bat an eye to any of the gore (laughs) well she probably had premarital sex so it's her fault exactly exactly the man gets to live though because you know he's a man right that's what they do (laughs) boys will be boys yeah so then it, it skips i think four or five years in the future and Harry is sent to this fictional town in California. Well, the movie was recorded in California, so I'm assuming it's California? Uh, Washington. Oh, was it Washington? Mm-hmm. 
kind of off, not way off, a little off. You're on the right coast. Yeah, but I think the movie's mostly recorded in a little bit in Montana, mostly in California. And, and a little bit in Washington as well. Oh, is but, it? Yeah, but okay. I think that's where it's set. Wow, it's all, I mean, mostly just West Coast stuff. And I think the only reason they were in Montana was for the entire, like, uh, robot walking down in the volcano scene. Or walking down the mountain. I still don't know what they were doing in that scene. I know what they were supposed to be doing, but they're just on the side of a mountain. And, like, these professionals immediately just, like, get, <laughs> like, in trouble. Right. The guy takes off his clip and just walks uh, into almost into the volcano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, you're, you're immediately going out of your way to get hurt. <laughs> yes. Immediately but, making the wrong decision. But uh, so Harry Dalton ends up meeting Linda Hamilton, which is a mayor and a coffee shop owner and a single mother of two named Rachel uh, Wando. I don't think they ever say her last name, though. Maybe once. Yeah. Mayor, I just feel mayor Wando. Maybe. Yeah. But I just remember mayor more than anything else. Yeah. She's basically just mayor. And like no one mentions that she has a coffee shop. We would only know that because she constantly goes inside of her house which the front of it is a coffee shop which i actually think is pretty cool because she's not paying rent to someone i'm like well played yeah no it's smart and like anytime she she also has like in that coffee shop she has like groceries and stuff too so like she never has to go get groceries she's just like oh i need sugar i'll just go to the front of my house that is also <laughs> a store and just pick some up right now <laughs> uh, i also like her 90s son but they didn't play and her son really i thought was going to be a much bigger part in this movie at the beginning because i was like 90s butt cut you've got to be like you know the kid who's going to be a troublemaker because they set that up where he's sneaking into the mine and everything and really the kid just kind of like gets lost for 45 minutes and then comes back into the film where he's like oh yeah we can hide out in the mine yeah, he uh, the only like thing that the kids do that it's like reckless is steal the car, but it's to save their grandma. So it's like it's all like noble. So it's not like they're bad kids. He's not like a 90 shit kid. Yeah, they steal the car, but they like write a note like sorry to the mom. <laughs> well, the movie's a quick 99 minutes. So I'm assuming the original script probably had a lot more of the kids in it. I also think the kids are in it because I feel like this is sort of like it's uh, the influence of like Jurassic Park on this movie. I feel like they're trying to do the mm -hmm. Dr. Grant thing with Pierce Brosnan. I forget his character's name, Harry. Um, I think they're trying to do the same thing with Harry as Jurassic Park with Dr. Grant with the kids to make him be like the father figure. But then they kind of like they ease into it. And then they're like, by the end of the movie, they're like, yeah, he's they're getting together and the kids are fine with it. Like, uh, but, uh, there's, I think this, this is the Jurassic park influence. And I think that's why those kids are there. Ooh, good sidebar. How come Jurassic park lost world Terminator two, how come they don't get lumped into disaster movies because they are disaster movies. Yeah. I, I guess it's fair to lump them in for sure. I would put Jurassic park in there. Easy, easy. I, I guess they like risen to the top so far that like people forget. You know, it's kind of like Star Wars and people are like, it's the greatest sci-fi movie ever. And I was like, yeah, but it is Space Wizards. 
Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's way dorkier than like you remember. Like, <laughs> no, Matt, it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, I agree, but <laughs> it's super fucking dorky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, how do lightsabers work? Don't you ever question that science again? Like, okay, okay, don't yell. I get it. It's the best. It's the best ever. I agree. No, no questions. Well, except nowadays. Nowadays, it's fucking hate Star Wars. Everything Star Wars ever did was wrong. But we're fans. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Bullshit. Those first three, except the last one. Okay. All right. I can complain. There's still a lot I like. Like I said, the last one, you know, number nine, I think it's a shit fest. But there's a few things in there. I go, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm a fan, but I hate it. <laughs> And that's that's you're not alone. <laughs> I'm actually not a fan of the last movie. There's I can find some really good stuff in a lot of shit. So I've covered my ass <laughs> through through years of podcast podcasting. I've got it recorded. What are those? What are those fanboys got? Oh, I know what they got. Complaining about us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, which I think we just won. I think we just won because we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back into Dante's peak. Let's see. So his uh, after he does a little bit of researching, because like you mentioned earlier, we had the skinny dippers that died in basically acid water. Yeah. I don't quite understand because I was like, if it was really hot, they'd just jump out. But I guess it just instantly killed them. What it looked like more in the hot spring scene, which I think is different from like the acid water scene where the grandma dies. Um, I think the hot springs, the volcano has its, you know, uh, what are they called? Where the little branches of it or whatever. At the volcano, the lava is coming up in the hot spring. So I think the lava bursting through the bottom of the hot spring is what kills them. Whereas the toxic water is what kills the grandma. So I think it is different. But basically, yes, it's the same thing, acid water. It's just yeah. different ways in which it's becoming acid water, I guess. Yeah, this movie had a lot of accidental, well, maybe not accidental, but it seemed like accidental parallels with Jaws, where they're like, we can't show the monster until later on in the movie. We've got to build up this suspension. But the thing is, like, the monster's a volcano, so it's it's funny. Like, I, I don't have a problem with any of that. I'm not complaining. It's more, I just... I chuckled. Yeah, they hold off really like any of the like the hot springs uh, kids are probably like the only real sort of horror moment until the monsters unleashed at the second half of the movie. Uh, but they withhold it for a long time. Yeah, and man, when they let it go, boom. It's awesome. Yeah, that's the whole second half of your movie then. <laughs> yeah, we introduced the so Pierce Brosnan kind of freaks out this town because he immediately holds uh, an emergency meeting while he waits for his team to come into town and i love his team his team is very twister yes um so that i mean no one can be true twister but this one's an okay little brother or little sister it's okay there's some fun coffee 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 java 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 yeah yeah you know there's some fun stuff but uh, yeah, he freaks out the town, and then his boss comes in more level-headed. Like Harry, you need a vacation, even though you just came off vacation. Uh, stop freaking out the town. And his boss has a lot of good points. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I am sure that Dr. Dalton was only doing what he thought was in your town's best interests. However, I have learned through bitter experience that these decisions are not to be made lightly. Now, back in 1980, I would have bet you a million bucks that Mammoth Mountain was about to go up. And we at the USGS began to talk about the possibility of putting that town on alert. Now, thank God, the mountain didn't go up, but the damage had already been done. You see, the word leaked out that the USGS had expressed concern, and so the tourists panicked and they stayed away, and the real estate values plummeted, and the town nearly went bankrupt. And consequently, I'm now a lot more cautious when it comes to even talking about putting a town on alert. Yeah, his boss doesn't come in like the mayor in uh, Jaws. The boss kind of comes in more just like, I don't want to, you know, ruin this town. I don't want to, you know... He, I don't know. He just his intentions aren't as like malicious no. as say the mayor in Jaws. He's just kind of like unfoundedly like optimistic. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if that's kind of a mistake in the script because I I know the volcano's the main bad guy in this, but um, there's no side. You know, like there's no idiot. None of the townsfolks were true idiots. Right. And there was no point of contention where you're like, why are you being so stubborn? You know, there's no real conflict between the decision and the town's folks. You know, like there were like it was so subtle. It was just like, well, what are we going to do? You know, the the real estate market will go down. We just built this city up. It took 10 years or whatever. I think that's kind of a mistake. I know people would have said like, oh, God, this is just Jaws again. But Jaws is good. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have a lot of tension, sort of, on the town that way. Then, but I, I my argument for having it that way, the movie's shorter. That's true. <laughs> I didn't need a two-hour Dante's Peak. You know what I mean? A ninety-minute Dante's Peak, great. Two hours of the town fighting about whether they're going to open or not. Don't need it. <laughs> yeah, there, like there was no reason. Why uh, taking everyone out of this town would have been a bad thing. It's not like they were about to have a festival where they make the most amount of money. Like in Jaws, it's just like, right. you're going to kill summer season? The beach season? You're insane. This one was just like, I feel like this town could have been like, yeah, we could leave for two weeks and then come back. What's going on? There's no festival? There's nothing? Is there an election? I think it would have been more interesting. Don't copy Jaws exactly. Because that would be foolish. How about you have like an election coming up and the mayor being a single mother of two, like she needs to be mayor. She's doing good. But then the townsfolks could have been like, you're really fucking this up. You know, you know, Rachel, I don't know how you're going to get the votes for this. And I think it would have been interesting to make Linda Hamilton a little bit of the I don't want to say dick, but kind of like where she's torn. She's like the right thing would be is to clear out this town. But if I do that, I'm not going to win the mayor's job. Yeah, I think I think that sort of dichotomy is only in play for Pierce Brosnan because I think he's that character in this. He's the one that is sort of torn. He's the one that's like, I'm trying to tell people to get out, but I'm going to follow my team and I guess I'm just going to, you know, do my due diligence for this. So he's the one that's kind of torn here. But yeah, that doesn't have a lot of him. Just our main character being torn on it doesn't put a lot of stakes 
in the plot of the movie, though. It's just like, oh, our main character wants to do the right thing. That's all. Yeah. And the one thing this movie doesn't give me is I like everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody, the whole town is like likable people. The only guy that's kind of like shifty is the the guy who's donating all the money to the town or whatever. But his helicopter blows up like halfway through the movie. So <laughs> he's the only shifty character. He just doesn't do enough because it's just he's not important. Right. He's disposable. Same thing with the helicopter pilot who is like, oh, you know, when his friend is going down the volcano with the machine, because they take off the NASA elf, I think it was called. What's the problem now? It's no problem. If this damn thing keeps screwing up, I don't even want to take it up there. Paul, the problem is elf. All right, look, I'm going to fix this once and for all. Everybody turn around. Turn around. Just be sure to put the damn thing back on before NASA finds out. We'll be our little secret. So what do you say, big guy? Ready to see the sights? Huh? Oh, yeah. Big boy's ready. Big boy's definitely ready to see the sights. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Or something like that. Or Nerf. I don't know. What did they call it? Was, it was Elf. Yeah. It was Elf. Yeah, they take off this, like, transmitter, which comes into play. Because immediately in this, re-watching this movie, and I go, well, that's got to come back in. Like, no one gives something, like, 20 seconds of screen time. Uh, which is good. It does. I don't know why I brought that up, but <laughs> I just feel like we watch all these films and there's so much stuff like in this one where they have the nosy woman who's just like looking paying attention to Rachel hanging out with Harry Dalton. She's like, Oh, a, vul- a volcanologist, huh? And then she sees them again at night after the bar that never comes back into play. Yeah, that's it. Those are the two times we see her. It's a complete waste you got to cut those scenes. They don't make any sense. <laughs> What's the point? Speaking of just like character actors, I run up, I'm wondering what the connection to this movie is to like John Carpenter movies because they use like the Carpenter like font for the titles. And then we have uh, the the guy who's the head of Harry's team is the guy from The Thing. One of the guys from oh, The Thing. Oh, Charles um uh Hall shit. What is his last I name? I forget. Uh, Hallahan? Hallahan, yeah. yeah. Charles um, Hallahan. Love him. Great character actor. Yeah, and then Peter Jason is also in there as one of the people in that town meeting. Um, and I'm just like, what is the connection here between like having all these like guys that are in all these Carpenter movies and like the Carpenter font they use for the credits? I wonder if he was originally supposed to do this at some time or what happened with that? You know, I never heard anything about that, but who knows? That would be... Yeah. Really interesting to know, because, yeah, as soon as I saw Peter Jason, I was like, oh, sweet, Peter Jason's in this. And then he's gone. Yeah, that's it. Then that's it. He just has, like, basically that cameo and that, well, not cameo, he's a character actor. So he just has that bit part where he's just one of those town's heads that's uh, talking with Linda Hamilton at that one in that one scene. And that's it. Yeah. And then, I, yeah. And then Charles Hallahan, he's the head of the team and i really didn't see him in much besides the thing and this so i don't know i just have, I wonder if there's a weird carpenter connection here peter jason and they live is just awesome uh, yeah. i wanted i was hoping when i saw him and i think this script had a lot more in it when they first started uh production and then they kind of like uh we can't afford to do all this and the volcano explosions i i think a lot of it was cut probably just like yeah this film's too heavy 
This is supposed to be a, a summer popcorn movie that we released in February for some reason. <laughs> so uh, that but, the video can be out by the end of the summer. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that's. But anyway, you know, he could have easily been like, you know, the town's covering this up or the mayor's covering this up or the businesses or whatever. This is a real problem. He probably could have been on Rachel's side while more of the investor and the helicopter and all these people looking to make money would have been more of, you know, on the keep the town. I, I think there was a lot more behind this because of how much screen time they gave the residents or the businessmen and everything of the town. Yeah, I would not be surprised if there was yeah. more. But again, my my thing would be I, I'm glad it's not too overbearing in this because I, I think the movie runs very breezily and I like the pace of the movie. So I think it would have bogged things down, unfortunately. Yeah, we're not making a tombstone here or something like that where you, you like need all this drama to build up. It's just like 90 minutes. Let's go home. Yeah, let's get to the fucking volcano. Like, <laughs> And speaking of that, let's do that in this podcast. Because really, <laughs> the rest of this is just the team poking around, having fun, building characters, you know, building relationships. And we get Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton hanging out in the bar. And I'll be honest, I thought they had chemistry. Yeah, I mean, these are two really good actors together. And they're both attractive. And it's like, yeah, I would hope there would be. And there is. And, you know, Pierce Brosnan's not the kind of guy I thought that would act well with kids. But when he was doing his little magic trick with the kids, I I was buying it. Yeah, he's he's I think he's a good like leading man and he's good for this kind of like hero every man part that this uh, this character is that is sort of like the uh, trope of these kind of movies. He's interesting because he does play blank slate well but at the same time he adds just enough where they're not boring yeah he's pretty zesty he's pretty zesty in this <laughs> maybe it's his look like the the looks the glances he gives he doesn't just deliver a line he delivers it with a point and i think that's really something special with a lot of these leading men or leading ladies or like you can't just like deliver the line how the script says sometimes sometimes you gotta like be a human <laughs> and i feel like like jai courtney when we talked about him during uh terminate sorry jai we're just gonna i'm gonna bash again i'll um, talk shit about him in every yeah. episode if you want <laughs> i'm just saying like he just reads a line right and i'm he doesn't read it poorly he reads it like a professional actor but it's boring the reason pierce brosnan is the star that he is is that he gives it beyond just exposition and you know you know what i mean he brings he brings a life to his characters because he's a charismatic guy yeah while he's not playing outrageous characters i mean his characters might be doing outrageous things he doesn't play outrageous characters but they're also not boring so he right. has that it factor yeah that's hard it's kind of hard to describe and put into words you just right. watch him and you're like i'll watch him for two hours not be bored and kind of interested in everything he does right all right. I guess I did just kind of put it into words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. he's, he's magnetic for sure. Yeah. For sure. Finds, you know, he goes home with Linda Hamilton and you're like, oh, oh, Linda Pierce. But then the, the poop water comes out of the faucet and I'm like, damn it, poop water. Can't you just let these people have a night of fun? Nope. nope. Volcano is a cock blocker. It is. And it comes comes out with its fucking sulfur puke 
poop water and then uh and then and then the place goes bananas <laughs> oh come in come in paul paul can anybody hear me come in harry harry we hear you where are you I'm heading up to Rachel's to get her kids. Once I've done that, I'm going to come back down and help you pack out of there, okay? All right, Harry, listen. For whatever it's worth, you were right and I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll see you later. She's blowing. Yeah, and man, it does not waste any time. They call an emergency town meeting the next day. The kids are getting babysit by this stubborn but very likable grandmother, which I think we'll talk about later on quite a bit because I, I i'm a fan of that character but anyway the townsfolk's like here's a plan of our escape you know make sure you take this home we printed it on our copier our black and white copier at the uh library that's <laughs> <laughs> a meet in a high school gymnasium which i was like yes that is my town if we were in washington <laughs> uh and then the the volcano goes fuck this we're killing people because it's a bad guy right now, is the volcano a man or a woman in your eye? Mm. Because hurricanes are always female, mm -hmm. it seems like. I don't know, because it's like you could just argue the Mother Nature thing. Uh, so then, therefore, female. But I don't know. What What is your... See, the way it's bursting out the lava, I think we can all get this image. I think it's a male. You think it's uh, the, the thousands of years of pent-up... Yeah, frustration. Uh, volcano blue balls, and now yep. it has finally exploded. Yep. All right, I'll, I'll take that argument. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens during abstinence. Mother Earth is showing us. Hmm. And this tale, this uh, you know, ties back to your Catholic school. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, Catholics create volcanoes. <laughs> I think that, I think that is a proven fact. Yeah. Don't look it up; it's proven. <laughs> Once again, we make facts. Don't That's look right. it up. <laughs> never prove us wrong because we're not going to listen to you because we're because we're not and we're going to turn off comments <laughs> <laughs> uh yes that's what i'm saying the volcano's a man what a fucking weird argument they <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking about it because the all the tropical storms that they're predicting during the summer of this year which i was like yeah 2020 whatever just bring it on you know 2021 is the year of mad max so everything's kind of making sense yeah not to alarm everyone but you know dystopia is coming yeah, uh, 2022 <laughs> is going to be my year. <laughs> oh, we're going to make it then. Yeah. The town just starts freaking out, obviously, and this goes apeshit. Yeah, it happens so much and so fast that, like, okay, so, like, basically, the volcano goes off. They got to, like, save the grandma. She doesn't want to go. She's going to stay. She's refusing to go with. So the kids steal the car to go save the grandma, and then they save the grandma and then I'm not I'm not we can go back to stuff. I'm just trying to get to a point. Um, but then uh, then the grandma sacrifices herself in the acid water for the kids. All the while, the volcano is just raging and there's ash and there's fire and there's lava everywhere. They're outrunning it and shit like that. And the grandma dies. And then I'm like, oh, this movie's wrapping up. No, it's not. We're only an hour and 16 minutes in the movie. We got some more chaos to go. <laughs> They don't mess around with the chaos because there's and they go through like all the 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 initial explosion. And then you hear all the scientists and all the 
the volcanologist telling us like, oh, she hasn't even begun to blow. And I was like, wait a minute, she? No, no. In my mind, I've already determined it's a man. <laughs> They're wrong. So scientists aren't always correct. It's a man, damn it. <laughs> I'm arguing with them in the film. So maybe, maybe that's why I was so connected to this film. Maybe. Not only was it the fun on screen, but it was the disagreement with scientists, which we know as an American is our number one goal during traumatic times. Yes. Fight the scientists. I know what I'm talking about. I went to high school. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I certainly do have a Facebook, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Because <laughs> my opinion is more important than facts. Yes. America, <laughs> America. Anyway, so enough of the modern shit. Enough of the idiots. This town actually doesn't have a lot of idiots, which I also think is kind of a problem. Yeah, I think that's another reason why they're likable. That like the only one that really uh, kind of holds shit up is is this grandma character because she's stubborn and doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. her house. But like you can't even fault her for it because she's an old person who's stubborn and doesn't want to leave her house. <laughs> and she's got a badass house. She's got a nice house. But I mean, pre lava oozing into it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. When that lava, the the lava just like smashes the wall down, they're all running from lava into the boat. Which I guess we can just skip to that part because you can go and watch this movie. They destroy a town and it's impressive. It looks cool. Like all of it looks cool. Like the, the with the ash and the fires and the fireballs that are shooting through the air and then the lava running. It's just like constant chaos. And like what's so fun about it is there's always something going on in like the background. Even if it's a character moment, you're still seeing shit just like melt around them. <laughs> this town built itself up, but damn mother nature's taking it down quick yeah yeah they get into the boat to go down the lake and they notice all the the kid notices all the fish are dead and then we have acid water and they're trying their damnedest to keep the kids calm put your feet up so you don't touch the acid water but they get i don't know 40 50 feet away and pierce Brosnan's like just paddling with it with his coat and i'm like oh man you guys are fucked but grandma jumps out of the boat Walks through the acid water to get the boat to the dock before the dock falls in. I mean, everything is just destroying right behind them. Yeah. Yeah. See, Grandma doesn't die immediately. Like, I think that's kind of interesting where Pierce Brosnan carries her for a while and then she says goodbye. Yeah, it's like the next day because it's like at night and then during the day, the next day she dies. But her legs are just like melted. They're like all rough. I love... This reminds me in this even when later when they're in the mine and Pierce Brosnan breaks his arm. I love like the gore in this movie, like the head splitting of the wife at the beginning, the grandma's melted legs, Pierce Brosnan's bone shard arm. It's a brutal movie. (laughs) Yeah, they're not playing around. They're they're showing you that this shit's mean. Yeah. I mean, the, the volcano doesn't have any feelings. It's just doing what it's doing because of Catholics. (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) oh i hope we get religious hate mail (laughs) me too it's like my goal in life Uh, my goal in this life is to have like the westboro baptist church (laughs) protest something i'm doing that's like a major goal in my life so if we could do it with this podcast i'd be great Uh, i'd be really excited about that just have an old man outside your house holding up signs that says god hate matt yeah God, god hates matt yeah Oh, my God. What a dream. What a dream come true that would be. Oh, that would be amazing. I'd go out and give him sandwiches. Please stay. 
Yeah, like, you know the optics of this. I look so cool right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have no idea how badass you're making me look. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they end up. It kind of sucks though, because uh, Harry's boss. Yeah, Paul ends up dying. His face when the uh, the bridge is being carried away by the broken dam and the just chaotic river. Which, by the way, the miniatures on this. Mwah! Yeah, they look delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, I mean, this is the same year as Starship Troopers. and Good job on miniatures and, you know, Independence Day the year before. Man, you know, we don't use them much anymore. I don't think we use them at all anymore. Miniatures are pretty much done and dead because of CG, but they still look so good. Like, they don't age. Yeah, the fact that, like, you have, like a guy on a bridge that is broken apart and sinking and there's all kinds of crazy shit going on in the background and like the water and the you know the bridge kind of separates and almost like titanic like flips up and down and none of it looks shitty like all of it looks like realistic and holds up really well uh for 1997 uh i think it's it's impressive yeah i completely agree Everything about this when the volcano is exploding and they're just ripping apart a town, basically destroying miniatures. They built an entire miniature town and leveled it. But a lot of it also was just buildings that they, you know, they created the exteriors of the buildings and exploded them. And they look great. But that highway and the miniatures, that's so good. Yeah, it looks really good. It's, it's better than a lot of CG I see. Yeah, it's there. It's tangible. Actors can react to it. It's really there. And our eyes see it as real. Our eyes know when it's CGI. Whether we whether we want to admit it or whether you know it's good CGI or not, our eyes already know. Our eyes are like, okay, separation, that's a computer. When it's when it looks good and yeah, it's like little models and stuff like that, our eyes really believe it. And we get like we have like fear in us because of like it it feeling like familiar in a way to us because it's it's tangible it's real it's right in front of us so like that's how you you know there's no i think that's part of the problem with movies today is that people can't feel something whether it's fear or whether it's awe of something because of the separation in our brain with cgi that like we can't even like i don't know like a like a superhero movie today it's harder to like really feel the wonder and sense of awe. But like if you watch something like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, there's so much awe in it and stuff like that because we're still, I don't know, we're just pummeled over the head with all these CGI things. And like I feel like other things we're still using, like the miniatures and the, the matte paintings and things like that. That's what makes our brain get excited and i just feel like i haven't felt that excitement with a major hollywood movie in like the last 15 years so (laughs) (laughs) it's matt's complaining hour no it's fine old man matt (laughs) talking shit about cgi again what else is new it's fine i like to bitch about stuff it's great it's the perfect way to vent (laughs) <laughs> nothing's good anymore get your ball out of my yard <laughs> it's funny because you know I, I bitch about movies like letter ready player one and all this it's just like where you know the the only good scenes in my eyes were when the actors were actually on film so i i get it i get it i'm not gonna go as far as you i think there's a lot of great movies and i think you feel the same way 
But you know what? Go extreme. Go, Matt. Go. It's not about the movies being great. It's about that feeling yeah. is gone. The feeling of wonder when you watch a movie is gone. Nothing is spectacular anymore. It's like, That's yeah, there's good movies for sure. But like there and there's good movies with CGI. There's a lot of superhero movies that I love. You know what I mean? It's not that they're bad. It's just that sense of thinking that it's real or feeling real fear with something, uh, you know, real threat of something. If it's not real, it's CGI and our brains know that. So it's more about the 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 feeling than like it, whether a movie's good or not. I gotcha. I'm just razzing you. Uh, uh, getting me all worked up. <laughs> so it ends pretty cool. You know, they get smashed into this because when the volcano ash and everything is chasing them and they smash into... Well, first, I guess I should set up that somehow a truck can drive over lava. I thought that was a little much. Yeah, uh, it melts the tires, but then they are able to still drive on the rims, apparently, for some time. But he's got a super truck that can drive through the water, so it can drive through lava as well. I think they stretched that one a little farther. Maybe just find another car, like drive over the lava initially and then find another car. But I get it. I get it. Whatever. We got to get through this. And then when they smash into the mine where the kid initially, they set it up at the beginning. The same thing with the elf transmitter that they find. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at least it wasn't wasting any time in the script. We get to it and then his team finds him. We find out that Paul dies and Harry has, you know, two seconds of like, oh, Paul, I loved working with you. Anyway, I got to go uh, have some vacation sex with Linda Hamilton. Movie over. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, like the elf thing just ends up being like a, a GPS that just like finds them uh, that they're trapped down there. They The team sees the light going off and that's what saves them. And they're rescued from the mine and the volcano's over the town's in ash but uh everybody's okay that we care about except for paul <laughs> yeah i do like how they set up at one point when harry was talking to rachel you know like how she could never leave this little town <laughs> and now she's got a perfect chance to leave and start a new life because that town is dead yeah it is covered in ash and uh what, what do they call the hard lava when it hardens a certain magma kind of rock no, that's what it's know. in the earth. I don't remember. I don't know um, either. I don't know. I took a. I took. I a just earth really si- wanted to say magma. Yeah, yeah, it's a good word. I took a lot of like earth science classes and stuff in like high school and college, but like uh, they were uh, useless in my <laughs> because they were just classes I had to take. So I don't remember what the little rocks are called when lava hardens. I disagree, Matt. You now know more than scientists because you took a class. That's right. So if anything ever comes up with volcanoes, make your memes on Facebook. You know more. I do, but I don't have a Facebook anymore, so. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's a little disappointing not being able to, to to see Matt's reactions when I put weird stuff up, but I still have the other people. Yes, and I'm there in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay off that shit for a while. Trust me. Uh, I took it off my phone, and it's been the best thing ever. Yes, that was how it started, and now we're here. But uh, it was—it's a relief. I don't really have much more to say about this because special effects were great. I thought Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan had good chemistry. Kids didn't do much. I really liked Grandma, the uh, Ruth, even though she was a stubborn and kind of reminds me of boomers. It's <laughs> like ah, whatever I say is correct. Uh oh, too <laughs> late. I'm dead. <laughs> 
So that's really all I have about it. You got anything else? I don't have anything to necessarily add to that, except just like I really I like this movie. I think it's fun. I think it's a blast. I think the the spectacle of it's really cool. I think the volcano is nuts. And that second half of this movie is just like you can't stop watching it. So, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's great, but I think it's a good 99 minute popcorn movie. Yeah, and I wouldn't argue that like it's like great cinema or anything like that either. Mm-hmm. It's just a good time. And sometimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out like Indy into the film jungle and bring something back, good or bad. We're putting something in our disaster wing of the museum. We've done a few of these. You know, we've got Starship Troopers. We've got Independence Day, Twister. Yeah, so we've got a bunch of them. Twister being so far... Oh, that's a good battle. Independence Day or Twister. Anyway, that's for another podcast. What are we putting in our disaster wing of the museum? You know, I just think I want to put the volcano in there. <laughs> uh, everything everything with the volcano is cool. The, the male volcano. Yes. Dante, if you will. Yes. Mr. Dante. Mr. Dante and his peak. Well, if it wasn't for those Catholics. <laughs> that's why pompeii happened i don't think catholics were around back then but whatever facts are useless we said it it happened catholics made pompeii that's what i heard if i've heard it if that's what i've heard then it must be true if i heard it so president told me that's correct <laughs> i've heard it what do i have for you because there's quite a bit and i knew we'd have a because i was like oh he's gonna take the special effects if i let him go first and then i let him go first like an idiot <laughs> I feel like I'm not taking necessarily the special effects, though, if that's what you want to take. I'm ta- I'm taking the character of the volcano. <laughs> I- I've already talked about it. The models, the miniatures. Oh, so good. So good watching this town explode and the highways crumble and just the lava pouring through the town. You know, the miniature town that they did. Everything works. It still looks great today. And this movie's what, 23 years old? They still look good. Yeah. And in some cases, better than stuff today. It's so weird to when I watched it, I was like, this is incredible. Like, and they, you know, you, they put it in high definition and it doesn't ruin it. Like it does a lot. Like I watched the thing, the 4k. I don't know if you've watched that yet. Mm, I haven't seen the 4k of it. No, I honestly, that's the type of film you should watch on VHS or, you know, like a transfer of VHS to DVD. When you watch the 4k of it, you see too much. It still looks good. I'm not saying it makes the film look bad or ages it because, I mean, Rob Bottin's special effects in that are insane and all the models they made and everything. But it just looks better with a little bit of grain and that darkness and it just makes it more eerie and, you know, keep it on VHS. This one, I actually think you could watch on high def just fine. It still looks great. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% with this one. Uh, Yeah. I, I think sometimes the illusion can be shattered with, a, you know, a more high definition format. Not here. Not here at all. It, yeah, it works. Okay. That's all I'm really going to say other than I thought the music was, was uh, it did its job. Uh, I didn't think it was spectacular, but I also, more importantly, didn't think it was bad. I'm trying to pay attention more to the soundtrack and then, you know, the the score and everything. And I thought this one did a good job when it's hard to, you know, when it's easy to get lost in all these disaster movies with all the same like 
big choruses of disaster. You know, like, da, da, da. Yeah, and also like the the sort of theme that James Newton Howard like theme. So not like the score of the movie, but sort of the you know over the credits theme of the movie. I've heard used in so many trailers since this movie. So I feel like that's sort of a lasting effect of Dante's Peak is we get a good trailer song out of it. <laughs> I don't know what it's. Is it just called Dante's Peak theme? Yeah, I mean it must be because it just the credit on there James Newton Howard theme by so. Yeah, it's a good theme. I, I've also heard that one. That one's been, they must have sold that one off quite a bit. Yeah, I've heard it in a ton of trailers. From this time, like up to today, they still use this Dante's Peak theme. That's the thing is like a lot of these are just easy to sort of change a lot of them. And maybe this one's part of the problem because I feel like you're saying it's been used in a lot of trailers. But I feel like a lot of disaster movies after this or big action films kind of you know call back to this movie it just feels like it because this one is so well known yeah it in it yeah it's a standout for sure so that yeah, this movie benefits from having a standout which i think some of these later disaster movies after this don't have so that'll end it this week on our random video choice uh and it was fun it was fun to see linda hamilton you know give a shit <laughs> yeah way better than t6 for sure yeah linda hamilton is great in this so any redemption any shit i talked about linda in the last episode i fully redeem her by this one she's great i love her i love her very likable mayor and coffee shop owner and mother she plays a lot of roles in this <laughs> all right come back next week for another random one and i'm telling you what next week folks i mean this one was fun but next week's i uh, i just like fell in love with again Get ready for one that has probably been asked for a lot for us to do. So it's coming. <laughs> so much fun. Until next week, remember to be kind. And rewind.